0: Hey guys, Jamie here. So we're right in the midst of summer. And if you're anything like us, that means you're on the move. Christine is out paddleboarding every day. Heidi is being the yoga goddess that she is. Megan's running miles around New Jersey. And I just spent two weeks moving and building furniture here in my new home in Pennsylvania. So suffice it to say, we're sore. For aches and pains, Team Off the Gram uses Arnicare, which is a natural over-the-counter topical pain relief gel made from mountain daisies. The gel not only relieves muscle pain and stiffness, but it also relieves swelling from injuries and discoloration from bruises. So whether you're working out, doing home improvement projects or yard work, or even just sitting too long at a computer, Arnicare gel is essential for self-care. Visit arnicare.com and use the code OFFTHEGRAM at checkout for 20% off through August 31st.
1: the change like things clear up like that I was recovering faster my skin cleared up and I felt less bloated I wasn't making myself sick you know I knew I would get sick when I ate dairy and I did it anyways and that's what we're all kind of doing and people are like just take the pill I'm like are you listening to yourself because like for such a long time I was ignoring my body and ignoring what it was telling me and our bodies are always telling us something
2: Welcome back to Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media.
0: Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, Okay. Well, I'm going to jump in. This is Jamie because today's guest is just so freaking awesome on so many levels. Mm. Here's why. Rachel Adams is an American volleyball player with no shortage of resume bullet points. She is a world-class athlete, having earned the bronze medal in the 2016 Olympic Games and has also competed in multiple world championships, earning world championship gold in 2014 and also earning the gold medal in the 2019 Pan American Cup. No big deal. Rachel is also an all-around amazing person. Aside from her own Instagram account, she runs a side account called at Journey Strength that aims to encourage people to choose courage over fear, turn their cans into cans and remind them that they are enough. She's been quoted as saying that the person she admires most is Oprah Winfrey because she lives an aware and conscious life, and her happiest moment in each day is, quote, waking up. So this is just our kind of girl. Welcome, Rachel.
1: Welcome. Thank you, guys. I'm so happy to be here.
0: We love having you. So wait, um, where are you?
1: I'm actually in Turkey, and I this is my week three of being here, and it was a crazy adventure getting here. You know, Americans aren't really welcome in many places these days, so the fact that I made it here, and I'm healthy, and everything's good, I'm just so happy. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. Um, Turkish food is my favorite kind of food. Are you enjoying the food?
1: <laughs> I love it. Well, I actually play here too. This is my third year in Turkey. So my favorite is the soups. They have like a soup called MeasureMek, and it's like ground, not ground up lentils, but like a lentil soup. And it is so tasty. That's
0: amazing. So wait, like, can you just tell us a little bit about like the experience of getting there and like why you're there? Because I just think that's like fascinating right now in this time when so many of us haven't been outside of our houses, That <laughs> I'm just like curious about what it was like.
1: Yeah, so I'm here playing volleyball professionally. This is my, I think, eighth or ninth season playing professionally um, overseas, and so I've played two years in Poland, three years in Italy. This will be my third year in Turkey, and then I did have a contract to go to Japan, but I did have surgery, so I had to kind of cancel that out, but uh, the journey to get here, so the flights were super easy, but it was like the in-between, so By the time I was, like, sprinting when I landed in Istanbul to connect to my next flight to go to Izmir, um, I got to that gate, and I was sweating, and these guys were looking at me. And I was like, what, do you have a problem? And he's like, no, but my friend might. I was like, I don't have COVID. I just ran. I'm sweating. I don't have a fever. Like, oh, okay. I'm like... Okay, you know what, I don't need this right now. It's been a twenty hour travel day like, and but anyways, they checked our temperature. I was like, see, like I'm not sweating bullets because I have like a high temperature. you know, I'm just like, have you worked out before? I'm sweating because I sprinted and it's been a long day, okay. <laughs>
0: This is such a weird world.
2: I had a panic moment like that once where I was like super late for something and I like sprinted and now every building in New York City takes your temperature and I was like, oh no, I'm not
1: going to get in because
2: I'm going to have a temperature because I sprinted over. Oh no. Oh I was like, how to
1: cool down right now? I was like fanning myself. I'm like, please don't like set off the temperature thing. <laughs> oh
0: God, we this is a weird world. But that actually segues really well into our weekly catch up topic and my sweat this this week. So like, uh, so Rachel, we do a weekly catch up every week and a little uh, segment we call Sweat This, which is where we talk about a product or a service or a Instagram account or whatever that we are just sweating that week that we just love that is so cool that's maybe changing our life. So I'm combining the two today. Um, uh, my weekly catch up. I just wanted to tell a fun little story about something that I came up with, and I fancied myself very clever for coming up with it, but I actually really thought it was like a, a cool idea. And I always have my best ideas when I'm running. So I was out for a run the other day in my new neighborhood, which I'm like exploring. And, I'm, and I live in a community where it's kind of like three little communities, like kind of adjacent to each other, um, but they're kind of tight knit. And I'm meeting people as I run by. And I was thinking though, wow, all these houses are just right here. It's such a shame that I can't like meet all of these people. Like in yesteryear, perhaps I would have baked them a pie or, you know, that sounds very like, you know, pleasantville of me, but perhaps I would have, you know, gone over with some cookies and said, Hey, I have kids. Do you have kids? You know, like I wanted to meet these folks, but in 2020, if I showed up on your doorstep, you'd be like, uh, bitch, hello, six feet. Right. So I was like, okay, what could I do where I could like maybe leave a little gift or welcome thing or introduce myself? So I was thinking, well, okay, so yes, yesteryear would have been a pie. What would be, what would be apropos 2020? And I was like, aha, I should leave a little gift basket with some things that would be good for this day and age, a la hand sanitizer and pleasantries that would like help you get through a summer in 2020. So I partnered with my friends at Olika, which is an adorable, forward-thinking, eco-friendly hand sanitizer company that we actually used long before the pandemic. They come in these little like refillable, ergonomic, like cool looking, the ones that we had were always designed like little birds or these cute little containers that are that they miss the hand sanitizer and they're refillable and it's all clean and eco-friendly and all that. I think Olika actually means different in Swedish because they think of themselves as kind of a different type of hand sanitizer company. And I think a lot of us with using so much hand sanitizer are looking for something that's different. So I was like, okay, I'm going to partner with Olika. I'm going to put together these gift baskets. So everything's arriving at my house right now. I have, I'm sitting here in my office next to like 50 Olika hand sanitizers and baskets and personalized note cards that I where I, I made a little poem <laughs> about not wanting to like freak people out by showing up on their doorstep, but wanting to say hi, cause I'm friendly. Right. So that's what I'm doing. So I'm very grateful to Olika. They are my sweat this, this week. It's a great, great brand. If Anybody's looking to kind of change up their hand sanitizer routine, because I think like everybody, like my hands were like sandpaper recently. And They are really cute. Um, The one that they actually just came out with is a hydrating hand sanitizer. So this one is like uh, made with natural aloe, glycerin, essential oils, but it has like all of the ethyl alcohol. So it kills 99% of germs. Um, And I really love that it comes in six like fabulous fragrances. It has like mint citrus, soothing lavender, Uh, I think a charcoal one, ambrosia, orange blossom, and fresh cucumber basil and fragrance free. So really, really cool portfolio products. I'm obsessed with them. Can't wait to give them to my neighbors and make some new friends. And uh, everybody can go to olecalife.com. I believe they're coming out with some new products next month. That's so, so that, exciting. Yeah. And I thought I thought it was kind of a clever thing. I look, looked at the satellite view of my neighborhood and there's 33 homes. So I I budgeted accordingly and I'm going to go, my son and I are going to go drop them all off. I
2: mean, I would love you if you were my neighbor.
0: <laughs> well, you know, how else do you meet the moms with kids? Yeah. Right now, I have no idea. That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. So. That's very 2020 of you. Yeah, it is. yeah. we
0: all we all figure out how to pivot, right? So, exactly. all right. So Heidi, why don't you help us jump into the topic for today? Okay, so excited because this is a topic that is
2: very close to our hearts, but it's also really ripe with controversy. Some of us on the show are vegan, others are not, and we're not here to judge. Although those of us who are vegan tend to get judged a lot by others, <laughs> family, <laughs> older relatives, But (laughs) dairy in particular has been something we've all done a great deal of research into. And there's compelling evidence that's recently come out from the Switch for Good campaign that proves athletes who give up dairy enjoy huge improvements to their health and athletic performance. Yep. Listen to that. (laughs) Switch for Good launched in 2018 with a PSA starring six Olympians speaking out about the health impacts of dairy products. Airing on NBC affiliate stations during the closing ceremonies for the 2018 Olympics, it was removed from the air before it reached the West Coast following complaints by the United States Olympic Committee and the Dairy Industry. I just got full body chills. Mm -hmm. Since 2018, Switch for Good has grown immensely to become one of the foremost nonprofits advocating for a healthy plant-based diet, reaching more than 95 million people in just the past six months since the beginning of 2020, the campaign argues that dairy is making Americans sick and particularly communities of color are disproportionately impacted with as many as 95% of those populations and during physical illness from consuming it. Rachel joined the campaign and we're excited to hear her point of view on this super hot topic today. Rachel, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. <laughs> oh
1: gosh. I'm excited to share. I have a story for you and I'm excited to hear about your guys' journeys too. I mean, just to relate to like what I share and what I say and see if like you kind of felt this along your way, especially you, Heidi, and maybe you guys are feeling the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: yeah. And just to frame it up, like I'm, so Heidi's like hardcore vegan. I call myself vegan light because I, I consider myself plant forward. I would say that I eat 98% vegan. Um, there are some things that I have flexibility around. I also call myself an accidental vegan. Um, I didn't find my way into veganism through, um, Uh, When I was younger, when I was a teenager, it was about animals and and, um, my point of view around animal uh, cruelty, which of course I'm still against. However, um, I just kind of became vegan over the past year and a half. I re-became vegan because I just kind of started to drop meat and dairy and I just felt so much better that I just rolled with it. So I am a vegan mostly, but there are some things I make allowances for. Dairy is not one of them. So I do not consume dairy products personally. Mm -hmm. Our other two co-hosts are not vegan. Um, And again, Megan lives and dies by bacon. What's that? Yeah, (laughs) Megan Megan lives and dies by bacon. So that's her journey. And that's totally cool. That's what, you know, whatever floats your boat. Um, but I think alternatively, like Heidi and I get judged a lot for being vegan. And I have a lot of family members who like the, it was like in my big, my big fat Greek wedding when, when she's like, oh no, no mom. He's like, she's a vegetarian. She's like, oh, it's okay. I make lamb. You know, it's like older parents just don't get it. This is
2: Heidi. And I am married to a half Greek man. Who's like that half of his family is very Greek. And like, I hear that joke 5,000
0: times a year.
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Totally. And so like my mom, like I was telling her about our new grill and I was like, well, we didn't need a super powerful grill for our new house because we cook veggies and tofu. Like we don't cook meat. And she's like, but you eat chicken and fish, right? I was like, oh, oh no, that's what being vegan. like, are you really still not understanding this? And it's so hard for me to come to, you know, I don't want to be that preachy, that preachy one in the family, um, because then it's like, oh, there's Jamie and her new age hippie bullshit again. Like, you know that that's where it I goes. Tune you out. But like, let me tell you, in 2020, it is very hard to argue against the negative impact of dairy. So, can you tell us a little bit about your involvement in this campaign?
1: I became dairy free in Italy, and it started because I was doing some research on my skin and the inflammation. And I was like, why is this happening? Like, why can't I get skin? I'm trying all the topical creams. I'm doing this and that. And I started researching more about what's happening inside of my body, like going like inside out instead of just like focusing on the outside, because clearly that wasn't working. So I was in Italy and I was researching and it was like, try cutting out dairy. And my mom had told me this in high school when I was having skin problems And my mom's like, I heard that if you stop eating dairy, like, you know, your skin would clear up. And telling a high schooler to not eat dairy, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, no. And so when I heard it again years later, when I was maybe, I think it was in 2014, about not eating dairy, I gave it a try my skin instantly cleared up. And as an athlete, I was realizing that inflammation on my skin that I can see outwardly, I don't know what's going on in my body. And as an athlete, The most important thing is combating inflammation, like for recovery and being able to perform and, you know, get past those nagging injuries because most of it is made up of inflammation of the body and, um, you know, our knees swelling up when we're banged up and that's all inflammation. So I was like, if that's happening on my face, I can't imagine how this is holding me back in my body and in my athletic career. And when I made the change, like things clear up like that, I was recovering faster I was, my skin cleared up and I just felt so, I felt less bloated. I wasn't making myself sick. You know, I knew I would get sick when I ate dairy and I did it anyways. And that's what we're all kind of doing. And people are like, just take the pill. I'm like, are you listening to yourself? Cause like for such a long time, I was ignoring my body and ignoring what it was telling me. And our bodies are always telling us something like, you know, some of my teammates get heartburn and they carry what is it like, C or something, one of those around. I was like, why are you eating that your body's telling you like, I don't like this, but you're just like covering it up with a pill. And I was like, I need to listen to my body. And once I did, I, that just led me down the path of like learning more and learning more about like, hormones that are, um, in meat, and just like kind of investigating what I'm actually putting in my body and how's it responding and listening to it.
2: That's so powerful. Like yeah. the inflammatory aspect of dairy that it's not more widely known is just, I mean, it's obviously on purpose by dairy farmers of America specifically, Um, but it's just it's mind blowing. I mean, I learned in college in like Nutrition One oh one that at the time the studies were saying that eighty six percent of adult Americans were lactose intolerant to some degree Mm -hmm. and everybody just was like, Oh, I have a bad stomach, oh I'm gassy, oh this, oh that and it's like, you know, you talk about your skin and that's the largest organ. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) it's crazy. Like people clear up eczema. They clear up so many things when they get that super inflammatory food out of their diet.
0: So this is Jamie and I used to have, I used to have this situation where I felt at the end of every, I've shared this before with you guys, at the end of every day that I felt like I was pregnant. I was so bloated. I felt like I looked pregnant and I did. And Uh, If I was going to do a photo shoot for NYC Fit Fam, I would, um, which is my Instagram, uh, Rachel, I would, George and I, my husband and I had this crazy like diet schedule that we would do the week leading up to it to like find our abs. And now I've cut, now that I don't eat meat, I don't eat gluten and I don't eat dairy, I've never had to do that again. I don't, I will eat a full breakfast the morning. I have a photo shoot. My abs do, nothing changes. I'm never bloated ever. And it's incredible what my body was trying to tell me. And I, I wasn't ignoring it. I just literally didn't know that that's what was happening. I kind of thought it was normal. And I feel like a lot of people have normalized these conditions.
2: I think we talk about this so much that people literally just don't understand how good their body is designed to feel. And until they feel that way, they really just don't have any way of knowing because it's such a like obtuse concept Mm -hmm. that you can feel better. And people, I think people poo poo it because they haven't experienced it. So this is Heidi speaking. And Jamie, it's funny that you describe yourself as an accidental vegan, because I would say I partly was too, because I was born allergic to dairy, seafood, and shellfish. So right off the bat, like crazy allergies with anaphylaxis. So it was never an option for me. Um, But I was raised in a family that ate a lot of red meat. So that was my normal. It's what I knew. And when I first moved to New York, I was an actress for many years, um, and I never wanted to be an actor slash waitress. So that was my goal, was to just be able to focus on one thing. So I saved up a lot of money, and then when I moved to New York, I went to Costco, and what I found at Costco was a giant-sized thing of rice and these things called Boca burgers that I had never heard of. (laughs) (laughs) but there was like a hundred of them in a pack and they cost almost nothing. So I was like, this is great. (laughs) So I basically survived on Boca burgers and rice for a really long time. And I was dating my now husband who, and look, I grew up in Connecticut where your options are, McDonald's or country club, there was nothing else. There was nothing to like introduce me to cool flavors or cuisines or any of the things that I've grown to love and be obsessed with, AKA Turkish cuisine is my favorite. (laughs) I'm so jealous of the food you're eating, Rachel. (laughs) But, um, so anyway, I was dating my now husband and he would take me, he was like Mr. Finance, New York City, and he thought he was being so cool taking me to all these like super trendy restaurants with all these cuisines I'd never heard of and I was pretty much terrified of. So I had the chicken every time because it's the only thing I knew on the menu. <laughs> I was like scared of the rest. So when I got home after six months of eating Boca burgers and whatever I ate, chicken I ate on the date with my now husband, I it was the holidays and there was all these cuts of red meat. And I had some, and I cue the next, I I think it might have been 24 hours of me in my childhood bed, curled up in the fetal position, feeling like I was getting stabbed in the stomach with a butcher knife. I have never, like, the pain was unbelievable. And I, I had no idea what was causing it. And the more I looked into it and spoke to nutritionists or doctors or whatever, I actually spoke to doctors. I don't think I knew what a nutritionist was back then. I was 21. Um, So uh, anyway, I found out that red meat was the hardest protein for the human body to digest. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. And if you don't eat it regularly, your body doesn't create the enzymes to digest it. So I was like, oh, well, I stopped creating those enzymes. And if this is how my body is reacting to this, I'm just not going to eat it anymore. It was such a simple thing for me. Like I was like, okay, done. No more red meat. And then the further away I got from red meat, the easier as a person I was donating all of my extra time to animal shelters. I am an animal lover. It's my thing. And the further removed I got from eating red meat, the easier it was to see, for me personally, and again, I don't care what anyone else does. Everybody has to do what's right for them. I'm not telling you what to do. I just decided it was easier for me to see with that space that I was eating a living animal. I mean, that was now dead, obviously, but for me not eating it and having the space from not eating it, showed that to me, if that makes any sense, and I just eventually stopped eating chicken, and then that was it, and then I was a full vegan. <laughs> so that's why I say I feel like I was an accidental vegan, but it started off just listening to my body's cues and responding, and then I like and then the philosophy came in too. I don't and I was the um, until I had my twins five years ago now, um, I was the yoga and vegan expert for shape magazine. So I would write a vegan recipe roundup once a month. And the, and I've shared this before the comments on those articles that people would say, it was as if I was telling all of America that, that ate meat, that they were bad parents. And it's, it's amazing to me how sensitive this issue, like emotional this issue becomes for people. Um, when it, to me personally i think it should be a health issue and um i'm honestly i took the easy way out when the twins were born and i was like i can't do two things anymore i'm just going to do the yoga um because it, the, the amount of hatred that came out of people when you posted anything on mainstream that was vegan or vegetarian it was crazy to me and i just didn't i didn't want it in my life it was like so much bad energy um so i think that's that was interesting. And Rachel, I'm just curious if in your athletics, do you, I mean, cause this is your profession. You are the top of the top of the top. Do your counterparts, people you work with teammates, people you train with, do they look like, do they criticize you for cutting that stuff out? Do they like, how, how are you, how do people respond to you? I guess is my big question.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a big question. Cause it just made me have a mini reflection um, before I was in this place when I was looking at another athlete that had gone completely vegan and he was kind of sharing his story on Instagram and being all about it. And my instinct, you know, as an athlete, it's like, how do you get your protein? How are you able to perform on the court? Are you not dying? You know, like, cause we're so conditioned. We're taught in school that we have to have our pyramid. It has to look like this. We eat this, this, and this. And like, we know nothing else. So when you do have those conversations with like, older family members, they're just like, what, you know, but having that also conversations as an athlete, we're taught by nutritionists that we've had in college nutritionists that we've had at the highest level. Like we need to eat our meat, our chicken, our this to be able to perform, to have our protein. Um, and it wasn't until when I took out dairy and then two years later, we are going on a trip to Brazil, um, for volleyball. We had like, we were there for three weeks and I was like, you know what? Like there's going to be beans and we're going to be performing and I'm going to just see what it looks like. What not eating chicken and meat is like, and just see if I die or not. (laughs) And so, you know, like, and so I took it out and I was just eating, they had beans and other stuff there and I felt completely fine. Like, obviously I needed to learn more about how to like, you know, sustain this different lifestyle. But like I was performing, I was getting my protein. I also had protein powder and I was playing at a great level and i felt good and i haven't looked back since so i'm also kind of like an accidental i would say pescatarian i still eat um eggs so but i what i love about about if you, okay i don't like when people try to like thrust something you know like you have to be this you only this like you vegan you know this or that like one time um someone had posted about like, you know, a vegan lifestyle and Rachel Adams. And they went to my Instagram and saw that I had posted sushi and were like coming at me. And I'm like, can't we all just kind of find our own path? You know, like we're all trying to do our best. And like, do I have to have fit in a perfect pocket? So like, well, it's funny.
2: Cause when you said yeah. like pescatarian, that made me think, I'm like, wait, is not egg called like avo vegeta? And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, when all of these terms are coming out, is Heidi, it just it just made me feel like it was absurd. We don't need to label how we eat. We should just eat to feel good, period,
1: full stop. And it was daunting because I was like, oh, if I want to be vegan, but, oh, shoot, like I eat eggs. And what am I, like, what am I calling myself? How do I explain this to people? And like you said, like, can I just eat for my health? And also, also, like, I love that I was able to help the environment. Like, once you are becoming accidental, you're looking at more and more. You're like – Whoa, you know, because when you aren't kinda when you are eating meat, it feels so like such a crazy idea to not eat meat. You're like, that's impossible. But when you kinda are, like on the other side and you look back, you're like, okay, like it is doable. And look what I'm also able to do, like with animals and environment and just like not taking up, you know, different resources. Um, but back to being an athlete, like uh um you know our nutritionists in the beginning were definitely kind of s- skeptic of like okay you're an athlete like how are you doing this kind of maybe sending us articles but as the years went on in our training tables where they provide meals they were providing vegan options and they are making dairy-free milk or dairy-free shakes for after workouts they were seeing that so many athletes We're asking like, actually, can I not have normal milk? Can I have almond milk or can I not do that? I don't do soy or can I not have whey protein? Can I have plant-based protein? And they had to adapt and they had to learn more because more athletes were learning about their body and what they wanted to put in it. And they had to adapt and they learned and they provided that for us. So they saw it.
2: How many years ago was that? Because I feel like this is all so new that it's accepted in athletics. So I'm just curious when that happened for you.
1: I would say it was the vegan athlete that came into our program. I think it was maybe two years before the 2016 Olympics. So into like 2014, kind of like the same year I stopped eating milk, but like seeing him being a vegan athlete was like, whoa. And then I would say the start of right after – So maybe 2016 they started having vegan options. In 2017, they're like, okay, here's meat option. Here's like, you know, not you know, dairy free. They have make these amazing like dairy free enchiladas. You know, with um, what's it called, cashew um cheese. And I was like, this is amazing. And we have a chef. Come in and that is able to cook that for us and I was like this is awesome but it came from athletes wanting that not just like me being like, I'm day free I need a whole new option but athletes were changing
0: hi I'm Jamie from off the gram launching a podcast is a lot of work luckily Gotham podcast studio has everything you need to get started whether you just need an hour of recording time or a jump start with full service production, Gotham Podcast Studio offers high quality audio and video recording, reduced membership rates, podcast hosting services, and much more. All from their studio located in the heart of Manhattan. Visit gothampodcaststudio.com for more information. Now, back to the show. This is Jamie. So my uh, my husband and I watched the movie The Game Changers, and this—that's like, what I wanted to bring up. If you didn't, James, <laughs> totally because I bring it up all the time. But because these are the these are the pieces of work that shape society's opinions a lot of the time. When something really kind of catches on and becomes a trend, but it's a really helpful trend because it's presenting information in a way that is really resonating with people. Then it's great and it's part of a movement. My husband and I were just, dis- well, my husband was more deciding. Uh, I was kind of falling into veganism. My husband was like trying to wrap his head around if he wanted to go vegan. And he was well, like, just he- so you know, Jamie's husband is like serious
2: body man, like for real, like etched, like Adonis.
0: <laughs> Jamie's like- one of my best friends. So I could say that. <laughs> no, totally. And, <laughs> but like, and he, he, and he's also 60 by the way. So he's a very, like he's, but he's in better shape than he was when he was 18. He's, he's, um, very, you know, and he's a, he's a weightlifter. So not by profession, but he, you know, he's a body guy. He looks like one. Yeah. So he loves to build muscle and he was worried that if he was going to eat aligned with a vegan lifestyle or a plant-based lifestyle, that he was going to not be able to maintain muscle mass. And so we watched Game Changers and then We were convinced. So are you finding, and for everybody at home that is not familiar with that film, it is a documentary um, that includes people like Arnold Schwarzenegger and The Strongest Man in the World, and and this one, that one, and the other one, and a lot of Olympic athletes, uh, and it proves with a lot of data-led reasoning why a vegan diet is healthier and specifically for athletes and how the protein can be obtained through that type of eating. Are you finding, Rachel, that athletes these days are going more in that direction? Like, I think it's certainly, I would be surprised to hear it's an anomaly. In fact, I would be more, uh, I would think that it would be kind of more of a trend these days as we're all finding out more of this compelling evidence.
1: Yeah. I mean, My mentor with it, um, the switch for good, Dotsie. um, She was also in the Game Changers documentary and speaking about being an Olympic athlete and what she was able to do. And just me being able to like look at her when I was kind of finding my way, I'll reach out to her and be like, do you have any recipes? Like, how do I do this? How do I travel to different countries? What can I pack? Because we are, you know, um, always on the road and I needed new options and stuff. But I definitely I'm able to hold onto muscle and to see other athletes hold onto that muscle. Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, muscle man, like you said, your husband, they're still able to build that strong muscle, that strong physique, and still be plant based or be vegan. Um, And I don't think we had a lot of that vision in the forefront in the past. Like it was happening, but now it's on the forefront. Athletes are coming out and athletes that are you know, grew up on meat, you know, like from the cradle that are just like red meat eaters, whole family eats meat that are coming out and being able to change that lifestyle. Um, I just think it's pretty incredible. For sure. My husband
0: uh, is very conscious of what his body looks like and his arms are a little bit smaller these days than where he was 1 year ago and we were talking about it the other day cuz we often you know we stand in the bathroom and look at each other's bodies and say hey babe is, is my butt looking better i've been doing these new glute exercises like we we you know we're both really helpful to each other in Crafting our workouts, what we need to work on, like, and I'll say, oh, you know, you're, you're looking a little droopy over here. You need to like do some like glue bridges or like, we'll, like literally help each other like that with no judgment. Like we are able to look at each other's bodies as a work in progress and really help each other but he said confidence and, goals, James. No, but we really believe in it and I said but this is the confidence goal, right? This is this is George is the confidence goal because I said to him, if I'm being honest, um I would say your biceps are a little bit smaller than they were this time last year and he looked at me and in the past that would have probably struck a vanity nerve with him and he looked at me and he said, "Yeah, but I'm going to live longer for you and the boys." And I said, that was the most grown up thing you've ever said. Like, what a great answer. Yeah. Right. Like, and he's right. Like who cares? And plus we're married, like game over. We're good. We're not going anywhere. You don't need to, the arms look great. They look fine, you know, but like be around for us, be around. So can you tell us a little bit about the program and about, um, and about kind of that statistic that, you know, uh, that dairy is making people sick, particularly communities of color with that's that the that Heidi read was crazy. 95% of those populations enduring physical illness from it. So tell us about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely, obviously, coming from the black community, I've grown up and I've seen my family be affected by it. And, you know, we've kind of known for a long period within the black community that, like, it's not good for us, but we still eat it and we still ingest it. And we kind of make jokes about it, like, oh, making me feel sick or the dairy, but, like, it's still being you know, it's still in our, we're like a highly targeted market and we're still in taking it at high levels. And I think it's very hard to also change such a long ingrained, something that's been a part of our culture and our meals and obviously also for white communities. But it's just affecting people at high numbers and people are kind of realizing it more and more. We're not really digesting dairy. Like we're supposed to like, you know, we're one of the only, I think we're the only like mammals that are eating dairy from other animals. We are you know? weird. We are. I saw this like YouTube video about like people doing like a milk tasting and um, they're like, this one's this milk and this one, this milk. And when they found it at the end that it was like dog milk, they were like, Oh, so appalled. But I'm like, what's the what's difference between and cow milk? You know? That's a good point. Yeah. What yeah. is the difference? Is There's no point. difference so guys. We're like taking other animal, baby animals milk <laughs> and we're ingesting it and not thinking twice about it because we're conditioned to know, think like it's normal. And like also being part like sick is normal. Like, Oh, I get, The runs when I eat dairy and, you know, I got to go to the bathroom later, but the inhale is ice cream, you know, like, sorry, too much information, but like, we're so conditioned to thinking it's normal.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's the not digesting it part. There's the inflammation part. There's factory farming being deplorable, you know, and then there's the hormones that are put in the milk. And I have a family member that um, had cancer and knows because there was a lot of research done around that time that the hormones in milk are super bad, um, and there was there was there was some change in diet along the way uh, when that person was sick, but then now they've just kind of gone back to what they used to do. So I wonder, like, is it because people are just lazy or because like ignorance is bliss or is it the dairy industry? Like we, we start to, we put out like the real messages about how bad this is, but then like, kind of like what happened with um, this public service campaign, like all of a sudden the the dairy uh, lobbyists come in and they, you know what I mean? Like, why is it that people are ignoring these cues?
1: Yeah, I mean, for the longest time, there was a campaign, you know, towards athletes, you know, Got Milk had athletes, and it was like, this is how you recover, this is how you um, become a big athlete, you drink milk, and yeah, I mean, it's insane, Um, you know, the fact that they were able to take it down that fast, and it's an industry, it's about money, it's about, they're able to control that and get that money, and for something to kind of be taken away with that, it's, you know, it's not going to happen. How I was able to like be taken down so fast, that advertisement, you know, there's lots of money behind that in the there's, dairy industry.
2: The dairy industry has so much money. It's terrifying. Like the fact that that ad could have gotten pulled before it hit the West Coast, <laughs> That's insane. And it's terrifying Mm -hmm. because I think so many Americans specifically are like, well, our country doesn't do that. Our country lets us say whatever we want and blah, 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 blah. blah." And you're like, no, dude, it doesn't. Like our country has done an amazing job of making you think that, Mm -hmm. but it's just not true. And I think that people like relegate that type of action to China, for example, where everything is so filtered. And it's like, guess what? We're so filtered too, but they spin so many amazing stories around what they want you to believe that you don't even realize it. So what do you think? I mean, I know this is such a loaded question and I don't think anyone has the answer, but what are some steps that you think that just we as humans or influencers or whatever can take to correct these misconceptions without sounding like the you know, vegans that no one wants to listen to. Mm -hmm.
1: I think even just sharing the statistics and even sharing your story, because like you said, you might share about being bloated and someone is not even processing, like, I'm bloated. Like, that means I'm not feeling good. And I don't know what's on the other side of not feeling good. And being able to share your story and share that, I know even with family members that are kind of like, oh, you know, I share with my teammates. Like, do you realize, like, you know, like the – pills you're taking to ignore your body, like, think about it. Like our bodies are telling us something and being able to have a, an awareness around it. And then they can know it, it trickles into their brain, you know, maybe there's not a change today, but like, they'll think about it later and maybe it'll be another accidental thing that happens. Like it happened to us, you know, but also taking the time to even share small statistics that people aren't paying attention to because it's not in, our health books or in our health classes and also nutritionists are pivoting for the longest time. They've been telling us to drink milk and they didn't know, you know? So like try to share like your stories with other people of those pivots and those new statistics and, um, alternative so it doesn't seem so daunting you know like tell people to stop eating milk and this and that but also share what they can do instead or an alternative or something like that but I mean going up against the dairy industry like you said like people don't know that there's there's lots of money behind it and we like you said people think China think people think other countries but also Americans are conditioned to believe what, you know, the dairy industry puts in the books and how much they can control that we know and what we think. Like you think, I think they tried to get almond milk to not have even milk in the name. Like you couldn't call it I think it was, they want it to be called juice, like almond <laughs> juice or something. they like
2: Is that juice? why so many people changed the spelling to M Y L K for so long? <laughs> yeah. So
1: it's like are
2: that was just trendy. you know,
1: like they weren't getting money, so they're just like, you know what, we're gonna attack this almond milk industry. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I don't know. I just I I I implore people at home to just be like, make your own decisions. Like money talks. I'm not trying to go up against the dairy industry right now. Like it's never going to happen. So be your own, like, you know, use your own best judgment. Right. And there's a lot of science out there. It's not really that hard to find. Use the Google, use the Google. That's what she's there (laughs) for. And just read because and, or, and, or, Do like a 30 day test where you take it out of your diet and see if you feel better because per, and this is like, you know, I'm not, and also, by the way, I want to say this for my babies, uh, we tried to do a non-dairy formula and my son just really, really didn't like it. I'm not like he drinks a dairy formula. We will phase him out of it as he gets a little older. Like I'm not trying to tell anyone what to do with their babies. I'm not trying to tell anyone anything, but what I'm saying is at least no like do the research. And if you still decide that dairy is for you, then eat your dairy. But like, just know, because there is so much information out there about what is in there and what it does to your body. But I just implore people to take 15 minutes and do a little digging. Um, I think that you'll be surprised. So this is Heidi really quick.
2: I just want to input that because I wanted to say this a few times. So I'm a yoga instructor and I do have a lot of private clients. And One of the biggest things people come to me for and ask about is anti-inflammatory diets and moves. Like what? Because, you know, yoga is touted as anti-inflammatory. So a lot of people looking for anti-inflammatory go to yoga. But then I always remind them that the biggest thing is your diet. And people just aren't, when I say the biggest inflammatory, the easiest thing to omit from your diet, quite frankly, is milk. So just take it out for a little bit. See how you feel. People don't do it. They won't do it because it's almost as if people <laughs> need, kind of, Rachel, what you were saying about this is what we've been fed our whole life, right? So, unlearning all of that misinformation is such an ominous task that people don't want to do it. So, it's almost as if they need the proof right in front of them from, you know, Harvard or whatever. Before they'll even consider even doing that experiment of taking it out for two weeks, forget 30 days. Yeah. People really, it's, it's the unlearning almost. And just the willingness to open your mind to something other than what you're used to, I think is the biggest challenge here. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree. And I would recommend that the listeners check out the switch for good Instagram. It has so many statistics and kind of going, okay, I have it open in front of my, in front of me because I wanted to read something. And there was like a, don't be fooled by advertisements claiming that cow's milk helps strengthen bones. There's so many things that link to milk and dairy that we think that, you know, you hear like, if you want to have strong bones and be big, when you grow up, you have to drink that milk. And one of the points here was, according to a 12-year-old plus prospective study, drinking two glasses of cow's milk per day increased women's risk of hip fracture by 45% compared to those drinking one glass or less per week. You know, like, okay, so if you have one compared to two plus glasses a week, you know, we're just conditioned that we need to have strong bones with milk. But, like you said, do your education, even if it's Google. Google Google's your friend. Follow a vegan account for a day. Kind of diversify who you're following on Instagram just to get different information and different ideas. And, like you said, not even, it doesn't have to be 30 days, it can be for two weeks. And, like, when I was in Brazil, I was just like, you know what? I'm here for three weeks. Might as well just try it out. Don't know what's going to happen. Not putting myself in a box and we'll go from there. And look what happened, you know, like no pressure, just trying something out. Like totally.
2: And I think it's really important, Jamie, to circle back to what you were saying about, you know, feed your children what works for you. Cause parenting is such as we know, it's such a hot button topic, but I will say on the other end of that, as someone who went through a twin pregnancy nursing another pregnancy nursing for 18 months 19 months um, it, it 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 i got bullied like straight sure. up bullied about yeah. choosing to not eat meat to and i i walked into my twin pregnancy saying and believing and meaning that i would eat absolutely anything that i thought my body needed so if i was having a craving for for meat I was willing to open up my mind if that's what I my body actually needed. Because the doctors were hammering me every single day with you have to eat meat, you have to eat dairy, you have to. And I'm like, no, I, I don't have to do anything as an educated human who has taken years and years and years to educate myself on nutrition. Um, and I think another really important thing to say in this little story is that doctors to this day, so Back, so, for example, my father in law is an amazing orthopedic surgeon. He was the head of the orthopedic um, department of a hospital in New York City for 40 years. Um, he's since, you know, stopped uh, operating, but he, he's an incredible surgeon. He's so good at what he does, he is the top of his field. But he had zero nutrition training at med school zero. So, everything that he, quote unquote, knows. Is based on Dairy Lobby community. and Meat Lobby of America, right. what they're advertising, not facts. And doctors now, I, I believe one of my doctor besties actually told me that now it's up to one day of medical school, talks about nutrition. So you can't get nutrition advice from your doctors. That's a really important thing to know because they don't have any training in it. And it's really unfortunate because until I learned this, I thought that doctors were the experts on all things health but it turns out that they actually have no education on nutrition unless they have sought out a specific nutrition degree in addition to their medical degree. So while I was being like yelled at and told I was killing my babies and blah, 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 my whole pregnancy and nursing, but I I stuck to what I knew was right for me and, and they're amazing and they're healthy and they're great. But you know, that's really hard and that takes a lot of, you know, strength of character to be to have the ex the quote unquote experts telling you that you're doing the wrong thing, but knowing that you're doing the right thing to stick to that conviction. And I don't care what side of it you're on, I think always listening to your body and your intuition is the most important thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, to add on to the doctor part, do you have you ever noticed that? When a human has a heart attack and they go into the doctor's office, the first thing the doctor does is put them on, like, pretty much a vegan diet or just a diet full of vegetables and mm-hmm. stay away from red meat and stay away from this. And I was listening to a podcast about a doctor. He was a doctor and he was, you know, a traditional doctor, but he's like, so many patients would come into my office and they would have heart attacks. And I was like, why am I at this point to where they have heart attacks? Like, how can I get before that? How can I reach them before that point? And he turned more into like, not a holistic doctor, but a doctor that taught people how to eat for their health. And so it didn't get to that point where he had to just like, give them prescriptions of pills and get it when it's too late. And I admire him so much because obviously, you know, it's so easy to be a doctor that just prescribes a patient's pills and not try to help them in the forefront before that. Yeah, and does surgeries, pills and surgeries. Pills and surgeries, exactly. <laughs> like, why isn't anyone, you know, helping prevent that, you know, that is in the forefront and that we go to on a monthly, weekly, yearly checkup, not just like, okay, what's happened now? Like, what can we give you pills for? But like, hey, what... Ch- health changes can we make? What's your body need? You know, because everyone's body works differently. You know, I can't tell this person, like, you need to be a vegan to do this or pescatarian or anything. Like everyone's body is different. And like you said, like you need to listen to your body. You did that during pregnancy. Like, okay, if my body's telling me to do this, I'm going to do it. But, you know, we have to have that awareness. And like you said, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say that it turned like, I I
2: agonized over that decision to like just even allow myself to think that I would eat meat if my body craved it and then the irony of the whole thing was every single day I was teaching a million classes a week still all over town blah 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 and every day I would get off the subway at my home stop and there was this mom and pop juice shop next to it and I they made a beet kale juice and it was every day that was what I craved. So that was where I was getting my iron. I didn't need animal flesh to get it, you know? So even though I went through all that agonizing in my brain (laughs) to, you know, just to open up the possibility in case my body needed something that I wasn't, you know, in love with ingesting to your point, like we all just have to listen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the hardest thing to do sometimes because people want to be told it's
1: easier mm-hmm. right if people want to be told and like just be conditioned but i think it's so cool what switch for good is doing and having all these olympic athletes come together share their stories that so that people like how you saw in game changers you know people see athletes and bodybuilders performing at a high level and they're like oh, if they can do it and they can perform and stay healthy like you know maybe we can do it too. You yeah. know, and then the question next is like, how, you know, cause I did have a roommate um, that had watched a documentary and they're like, okay, well I went to the grocery store and I had no idea what to buy. So then it's about the research, you know, like they're so, I want to grab the chicken. I want to grab the meat. But then like, how do I get my protein? You know? Totally.
2: And it's, it's definitely an education process and, Um, You know, the more people that can provide delicious and nutritious vegan recipes, the better as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, I think to your point, when you go to the grocery store, I think the sort of normal thing to do because it's the easiest is to buy the fake chicken and the fake meat. So you're not actually learning what replaces protein or whatever you're missing by omitting meat. Not that you have to miss anything because you don't, but um, but just that, you know, learning how to cook with legumes, beans, great you know, just learn it's it's just a re education process. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not complicated, but it does take listening and opening up your mind. Would you say that?
1: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Cause like you said, the most, the next easy thing to do is to buy the packaged alternatives, but you know, that doesn't really involve research. So the research to educate yourself, to be like, okay, what else has protein? And what else can fuel my body in a great way. It does take relearn or, you know, more education and stepping outside your comfort zone and trying it out. Cause like you said, if you don't feel good in a, a week or two weeks, you can always, you know, go back or change it. You know, it doesn't have to be a forever thing, but I would challenge anyone listening to just try, you know, I would say dairy first dairy, just try for a week you know, make it like a family and friend thing and look up some recipes and see like, okay, how can I replace this? Or what else can I do? Um, instead of, you know, I'm going to try the almond milk or I'm going to try a cashew milk and, you know, do a taste test, see what I like. And if, even if you just replace your milk with an almond milk, you don't have to replace your whole dairy, you know, diet. I think that's pretty incredible.
2: Yeah, it's and and those baby steps like those tiny switches yield such a dramatic result when it comes to inflammation, digestion, all of those things that I think that's a I think that's great just swapping out dairy for like short amount of time, make it a family thing make it feel good. I mean, quite frankly, talking about something that's easy to substitute as opposed to, you know, chicken or beef or whatever with those soy goodness knows what's in all those things in the freezer section of the store. Um, But almond milk is almond milk. It's made of almonds if if it's pure. And same with any other nut. And it's so easy to swap that out now. When I was growing up, um, my stepfather brought home the first vegan ice cream he found and it tasted like cardboard. But now... Everything tastes, I'm sorry, it tasted like Play-Doh. It tasted and smelled like Play-Doh. It was a very distinct smell. I was like, oh, this is what you like? This is gross. I'm not missing anything. (laughs) Um, But now the milks, the, you know, there's so many nut cheeses. There's so many, even ice cream made of coconut, just pure coconut or pure almonds. And it doesn't have to have all those additives that people sort of, look down on alternatives mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. so I think that's a great great action for our listeners who might not feel awesome or who are curious to just just try taking out the dairy yeah I think
1: that's it's, great yeah and be aware how your body feels like do you feel less bloated like um you know less gassy a little bit more energy it has your skin cleared up a little bit like rash has gone away just listen to your body during that period and see you know because that's what it's about your body you have one body like to take care of yes one just one and when you're older you can't just buy health you know you can change your appearance you can do plastic surgery but like once your body is kind of at its limit and it was like, Hey, you didn't take care of me. Like, it's very hard to reverse it. And I think anybody with the most money in the world, you know, you know, and health deteriorating wishes, you know, they could probably buy back their health, but like we have one body. And if you know, take care of your loved ones, take care of yourself. And, um, you know, if this change helps you feel better and live longer, um, Why not? You know, that's, that's
2: absolutely incredible way to end. I am obsessed with everything you just said. Thank you so much. And Jamie seems to have been popped off of our (laughs) session. So Rachel, we have two things that we end with, and I think you actually already did one, but we'll circle back. Um, We have a lightning round. So prepare yourself serious, serious three questions.
0: <laughs> I'm so,
2: I feel like it's actually funny asking you these questions. Okay. You'll hear why in a second. Morning or afternoon workout. Ooh, morning workout. Okay. I'm like, yeah. I thought you were gonna be like all day, every day.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean do I have a choice whenever they tell me I have to work out, I work out. That's
2: awesome. Okay, what is your favorite workout?
1: um I guess maybe on a non-working day oh. yeah so if I had to choose a workout I would choose yoga <gasps> Yeah. I know I love I mean there's so many different types that you can choose from if you want to strength build if you want to flow and sweat if you want a gentle yoga you know just to stretch your body on an off day like if I have an off day and I'm feeling stiff like I'll look um, you know, for a good yoga. I'll like type it in like Sith Body Day my yoga, you know, yoga flow and I'll find one. You will. It's amazing, yeah. right? You'll it's find so yoga cool. for everything, yoga before bed, yoga after traveling, and it always is on point. So thankful for those yoga videos. Um so yoga, yoga is where it's at.
2: Love it. And then the last super hard question
1: coffee, tea, or matcha. I, tea. I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. That's
2: amazing. I think you might be our first guest ever to answer tea. Really?
1: This is amazing. Yeah, it wasn't like a purposeful choice. I guess my parents didn't have it like, you know, growing up, but they were drinking it like at breakfasts when we would eat out. And I don't know how I made it through college and three years in Italy without having a cappuccino or coffee, but now I like take a sip and I'm like, "Eh, yeah, I still don't like it. And yeah, but that's
2: amazing. (laughs) So pro athlete doesn't need meat, doesn't need coffee. Mind blown.
1: (laughs) Okay. I tell people that (laughs) crazy. It's incredible. Yeah.
2: But our very, very, very last thing is called Karma call. And karma is the Sanskrit word for action. And you'll see why I think you already answered this. But we ask all of our incredible, inspiring listeners, you, what is one small action that they can take that would yield a giant result, aka omitting dairy for two weeks?
1: (laughs) Yes, omitting dairy for two weeks. You know, it doesn't have to be a long thing. Just try it. See how you feel and go from there. I
2: love it. It's such a clear action and it's honestly just so simple. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. It has been a pleasure getting to chat with you. I could listen to you talk all day, (laughs) but instead I will go stalk you on your Instagram (laughs) and uh, catch up with you there. So thank you for joining us. To all of our listeners, uh, you can subscribe anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. So please subscribe. And if you love us, drop us a review. We'd love you forever. And of course, follow us on the gram at Off the Gram Podcast. And we can't wait to see you next time. Bye, guys.